Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. Large device, small, your favorite podcatcher, and there's like 7,000 of them. Make sure that you've saved the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast in your settings so that you know whenever there is a new one with me and Hannah. Hello, Hannah. Hey, John. Semifinals are done. They are. Semifinals are in the books. It's almost championship week right after the holidays. We just had our media days yesterday mm-hmm. where we got to talk to all the coaches. Bright so we have some fun stories to tell you all later in the show. Okay. So uh, what are your takeaways from the semifinals? I guess let's start with our game where we got to see Buford and Valdosta, two mm-hmm. teams, storied programs, 36 state championships mm-hmm. between them, never played until last Friday night on GPB. Yeah, unbelievable. Could not believe those two storied programs had not played each other. If you guys did not watch the game, this was a Wildcat beatdown. You ain't well. And a Wolves big-time win over one of the top teams and coaches in the state and the nation, Rush Probst. And head coach Brian Appling, I got to talk to him at Media Days, and he was all smiles, John. One of his playmakers who had an outstanding game was wide receiver Victor Venn. Great player. The final score in that one was 45 to 26. And, and I think that a lot of folks out of the blocks were shocked at how it was 21 nothing like that. That. You, a score on the first play of the game. Well, because that was, uh, you know, obviously that was something that they had seen on film. Mm-hmm. And you see the, the run fake draws everybody in, receiver goes. Great touch on the pass to, to out of the blocks for a 70 yard touchdown to make it 7 nothing. Then you get the turnover. And then it was a fourth and one decision that, uh, or fourth and short decision that didn't go uh, right for Valdosta, short field, 21 nothing, very, very quickly. And it was an uphill battle for Valdosta all night long. So a 19 point margin of victory yep. for Buford. And the rest of my scoreboard this week goes along that same theme. Some surprising margins of victory again in the semis. Grayson shut out Norcross 28 to nothing. And we had Norcross Blue Devils on our air. Mm-hmm. And they looked fantastic, clicking on all cylinders. So that was a surprise for me. PAC defeated Wesleyan 50-3. to yep. Coach Vandegrift said they've played them many times, so they kind of knew what to expect. So that's why the score was what it was. Brooks County won 42 to nothing over Clinch, and Irwin County beat Metter 44-10. to Yep, and also on the board, you know, we had uh, Warner Robbins putting up a big number against Jones County. Uh, I know that a lot of folks in in Central Georgia were looking at that one, and uh, if they could kind of see what was going on at the MAC, McConnell-Talbert Stadium, they could keep an eye on that one, 56-21. So Warner Robbins goes to the last game of the year for the fourth year in a row. Wow. And considering their pedigree, where they have two national titles, state Mm -hmm. championships, under Coach Robert Davis, and we caught up with – Big Marv, a couple weeks ago to find out and to to remind everybody about what football means to Warner Robins. Mm -hmm. They get to make it to the last game of the year as well. Lee County was in a tight one with Westlake. It was 14-14 at one point. Then Lee County just put the pedal down one by 21, uh, 35-14 in that final. Cartersville was in a tight one with Coffee. That one goes to Cartersville 24-17. That one was a back and forth. And I know that we'll get into these games also with Todd, but Jefferson was in another shootout. 
I, it's just, you know, you look at Malachi Starks in that offense and Gene Cathcart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of my media day stories after we talked to Todd is about him. <laughs> okay, so let's just go ahead and bring Todd into the discussion to find out what Todd thinks about all the championship games coming up. Well, I, th- I favor Grayson in the game, although Collins Hill is um, is really good, and they're playing uh, good defense. And I-, I think Travis Hunter, the wide receiver, might be having as good a season as any player in the state. But I think Grayson's defense would probably be the difference. Um, they really, really play really good team defense, very fast, and I think they'll be able to hold down Horn and Hunter and the, the really good passing game and the- beat them again as they did in the regular season. Yeah, I'm not choosing a team here, but Jake Garcia has proven to be extremely tough in these playoff games, and I think that's the Grayson's going to be tough to beat. All right, 6A, it's Buford versus Lee County. The Wolves remain in contention for its second consecutive title and 13th overall. Lee County, the number one ranked team, moves closer to a third state title in four seasons. Todd, this one's a good matchup. Yeah, it's one of the toughest to uh, predict for sure. In fact, I got, you know, we have a, a guy, um, computer guru, Lauren Maxwell, who does yep. our projections, and he sent me an email just He's like, ago. uh-uh, I ain't touching that one. <laughs> and he says, note that the Buford Lee County game is probably the closest state championship projection in history oh, wow. with only zero, 0.04 points difference between them. So, um, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in that game. Um I really like the way Lee County is playing. Um, you know, they're really, really hot here lately, and they've they've got uh, you know, uh, what's the guy McDowell, Caleb McDowell. I mean, he's, he's been on fire in the playoffs, and uh, and they're playing really good. Who am I going to pick here? I, I'm going to say Lee County. I just think they're playing maybe a little better, but Buford's really good. I mean, they blew out Valdosta and were way up on them last week and have a good all-around team and two really good running backs in Ben and, and Irvin. So, um, but I'm going to, I think I'll pick Lee in a close one. 5A gives us Cartersville and Warner Robins. Cartersville with Connor Foster, the legacy, who's uh, there as the coach now. And Warner Robins back in the finals again after being in the finals game again and again and again. <laughs> uh, it's like Mike Chastain, Marquise Westbrook, Warner Robins. They are solidifying themselves of being in the last game of the year against a Cartersville team that. Uh, had a really tough uh, matchup with Coffee to get to the last game of the year. Yeah, two great teams. You know, I think Cartersville, uh, I didn't necessarily think of them as a state championship team this year. I knew they would be good as they always are, but then uh, now they have a quarterback who came in midseason, Carlos Del Rio, and he's playing well, and that gives them, a, that just takes them to another level. Um, so they definitely have a chance to win, and they've won a couple of really close playoff games the last two weeks. I think Warren Robbins, though, is probably a little better. Um, their quarterback, really good, too. Um, Jalen Addy, he was 16 of 18 for 309 yards and six touchdowns last week. Is that all? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and, and they have a really good defense, probably the best defense they've had in this four-year run. So I would think they're a little bit of a favorite. Quad A, it's Jefferson versus Marist. You have four-year head coach Gene Cathcart against veteran coach Alan And this Alan game will be Chadwick. over with in about an hour and 22 minutes. <laughs> the Dragons reached its first state final since 2012. And something to note, this is a final against the only unbeaten teams left. That's right. Great matchup. You know, both of them will be running the ball and uh, pitching the ball and running option. And I guess they'll both kind of know how to defend it. So maybe it'll be somewhat of a lower scoring game. 
because of that. Well, it has to be a low-scoring game if Marist is playing because yeah. they've, they've shut out eight teams and uh, did some research absolutely here. crazy what they've done defensively this yeah, year. Yeah, well, this day and time, I mean, you have to remember, you know, this isn't 1972, you know, so to have that many shutouts right now, that's the most shutouts a team has had since 2011, Lovejoy. Oh, wow. wow. And uh, so if you're playing that good on defense, um, I think you're probably the favorite. But Jefferson, I mean, they, they put up 42 points last week. They had, you know, Malachi Starks. 321 yards rushing last week. Yep. I mean, he's incredible. He doesn't pass very much, and neither team's going to well, pass a lot. If you don't need to, then there's no point, right? Don't need to, no. And I guess every pitch is sort of a pass, but that's about the closest they come. When you look at AAA, you're looking at a Coney County who's going back to the last game of the year after seeing them last year, and then Pierce County, first time for Pierce County to, to make it to the last game of the year, and it's great to see what Ryan Herring has done in his handful of years down there in Blackshear. Oconee County and Travis Nolan, no veteran getting to the last game of the year, but we've got two teams here who really lit it up in the regular season. Yeah, they did. Two, I mean, Pierce County's never won a state title. Oconee County won one in, I guess, 91. So, you know, they, both teams are pretty hungry. Um, I, I think Oconee County's a little bit better overall. But I think the big story here is just how their semifinal games. Oconee County went two overtimes. They, were, they had a fourth and 16 in the second overtime. And, and you don't convert that. You lose the game. They threw a 20-yard pass and then scored a touchdown and win. And then Pierce County was losing by a point, yep. and uh, Chris passed the ball, and uh, Pierce forces a fumble and recover it, run it 70 yards for a touchdown to take the lead, and, and went like that. So t- those were the two best semifinal games. So the, both of these teams have got to be thrilled to, at how that went and to be playing each other. Double A Callaway versus Fitzgerald, and the Cavaliers looking for their first state title. I always love a story like that. So what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, another pretty good one. You know, Callaway, um, they lost a game this season to Harrelson. It made some people kind of write them off yeah. as a state championship contender. Not that Harrelson's not good, but, um, you know, they've had teams with with players like Tanks Bigsby that couldn't win it, so that made you a little skeptical. But then they beat, you know, Raven County and Gunnar Stockton. And I uh, had a coach that had played Callaway, and uh, and he said that he thought they could stop Raven's passing game and could, could cover those Wide receivers one on one, and uh, sure enough, they you know they did and had a great win, beat them forty one seventeen. I would still favor Fitzgerald. I think they have the best all around team, uh, and they won't be passing as much. Um, I don't know if that matters, but a very different kind of team than Raven County. But they play such good you know defense, and of course Fitzgerald they last one in nineteen forty eight. Yeah, so Class be... C, I want to say if I remember correctly. Yeah, they were a small town then. They're small now, but they were really small. Then. Sure, but uh, and then won by shutout last week. Um, seems like it's their time. I think they've beaten about five or six top ten opponents. Played a really tough schedule as well. Class A private. Uh, I know a lot of folks have been looking at Prince Avenue Christian. Our interviewer of the stars, Hannah Gooden, got to catch up with Brock Vandegrift early this year. I did, and we got to catch up with him and see what it's been like at PAC. And another one of the cool stories uh, that we got to see this season is what we're seeing with Trinity Christian and Kenny Dallas. I mean, a lot of folks remember Coach Dallas with his time at Landmark before he went to Trinity. And there are some other Dallases that are on the roster at Trinity. So it's a real family affair going up against a juggernaut in PAC. Yeah, I mean, clearly Prince Avenue is going to be heavily favored. They're ranked number one, and Trinity Christian is somewhat of a, well, probably maybe the Cinderella in it, although I would have to say they've probably been underestimated. You know, they, um, we had, they were ranked, they've been ranked since 
the first game of the season, and it's a team that only has two senior starters, and they had some injuries midseason. Uh, the quarterback, David Dallas, was out for a month, and so it looked like they were just a pretty decent uh, top-ten team, but all of a sudden they get their players back, and Dallas gets hot as a quarterback. You know, his his brother, I guess they're twins, I believe. Yeah. And uh, he's a good receiver, plays defensive back, and they got a, a bunch of other good players as well. And so they're actually they're underrated, and they're good. They're not just here to – you know, to show up. It reminds me of Fellowship Christian a few years ago when yeah. they were in against Elk and people hadn't heard much about him. They didn't think it would be a close game and it went down to the wire. So it could be a surprise like that. But Prince Avenue's loaded. I mean, the statement they made with shutting out Elka pretty much says, oh, you know they can score, but if yeah. they can shut out Elka and shut down Athens Academy and things like that, then this is one of the best Class A private teams that's been around in a while. Yeah, it's not easy to shut down a five-time no, state and, champion. And you give Wesley in the first three points of the game, and then you score 50 unanswered to win it 50-3. to three. Unreal. Absolutely crazy. What's going on uh, in All single right, A public? Finally, single A public. It's Irwin County versus Brooks County. The Indians are the defending state champion. The wonderful story with Buddy Nobles last season. That game is going to be hard to top when it comes to full body chills <laughs> wise. The Trojans were the class 2A runner up last season. They're within one victory of their first state title since 1994. But Todd, this is a rematch. The Trojans looking for some revenge region from earlier, going at earlier this season. Yeah, for, I mean, what a great region that is. You know, I guess Clint is the other team in that region as well. I mean, you could have three of the best teams. Um, yeah, really good. Could go either way. Um, and, you know, the other story there is, you know, Brooks County, of course, they were the runner-up last year in 2A, and now they're down, mm-hmm. and they're as good as they were last year, if mm-hmm. not better. So they're loaded in Irwin County had last year, one of the most dominant state champions ever in Class A, and most of their guys are back. So um, it's probably, as, you know, it's, it's a pretty pretty strong final. But uh-huh. These are not just, um, you know, run-of-the-mill teams. They're both really good and worthy of being state champions. Um, I, I guess when they won the first one in their – um, defending champs, they've been there, um, so uh, I might favor them, but um, it should be a pretty good one. Another cool thing about Brooks County, you mentioned they, they had last one in 94, and um, you know they have the same coach that they had then. He's back again, so uh, not back again. I think he took some time off, and he's back. Been with them for a while now, but oh, um, okay. an alumnus. And uh, so, yeah, should, that should be a tight one as well. I mean, most of these games are tight, and I'm not just saying that to hype them up. I mean, I mean, there's only, well, not many at all that uh, would have a big point spread if you're going in that direction. Yeah, and that's what that's what uh, Lauren Maxwell is all about when it comes to – we'll ask him about point spreads and things like that. When it comes to the season in general, Todd Holcomb of the GHSF Daily hanging out with us here for another couple of minutes on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. When it comes to the season in general, what have been some of the stories and storylines that have stuck with you and Chip Say over there at the GHSF Daily the most? What are some of the stories that have resonated with you when it comes to teams, programs, and people? Well, I think um, once we've gotten to the playoffs, things have been surprisingly, you know, predictable. There haven't been that many upsets. Most of the better teams have gotten through. That comes off a regular season. It was totally unpredictable. It was not just with upsets, but with so many cancellations and, and things like that. I mean, I'm just surprised the playoffs have gone so smoothly. I mean, the last four weeks, mm-hmm. everybody's shown up and answered the bell and and played. Um so that's you know that's one of the one of the interesting things. The other one you know one of the stories has been uh, that, that will continue to play out for one more week of the finals is you've had um, some you know these transfers that uh, 
I think we had three of them were major D1 prospects who had transferred, become ineligible, and then gone elsewhere and gotten eligible. And then you're going to see, um, you know, two of them, Carlos Del Rio now at Cartersville and uh, Jake Garcia at Grayson, who could win, you know, state titles with their new teams. And mm-hmm. um, so that's been pretty interesting as well. And, and um, yeah, those are two of the main things. And I, I kind of look also at players of the year, what players stood out. I, most of the players you thought were going to be good uh, were good. Um, you know, Vandergriff's had a great year, and so did Gunnar Stockton. His team's not here. But, you know, most most of these guys that were kind of favorites for player of the year lived up to their billing, um, I would say. So, and, and you know, the, and I was mentioning those quarterbacks, too. Um you know, you, you got a lot of them in the finals that are really good. Um, and, and the other guy, Sam Horn for Collins Hill. So you've got four, you know, major D1 recruits in the finals that are quarterbacks. That's not – that doesn't happen all the time, you know, and it's kind of cool when you're – if you're televising the game, you know, to to, to look at these high-profile guys. And uh, and it's not always like that. I, I, I did a little research and found that there's only been like four of these four-star, five-star kind of quarterbacks that have won state titles in the last 20 years. I mean, you had Deshaun Watson, you had Trevor Lawrence, and uh, Harrison Bailey last year with Marietta. And the, uh, the fourth one was uh, Blake Mitchell at LaGrange. So, oh, wow. You know, so it's not that, you know, a lot of times these big quarterbacks, you know, they'll, they'll go out early. But so you've got these, these four guys that will all be playing in the SEC, ACC, and they're going to be playing, you know, next week, leading their teams to state titles. Hopefully. All right, time for the blatant plug for those that want to keep up with everything. And I still have saved every single edition of the Georgia High School Football Daily in my email because there's always a piece of information mm-hmm. that I can reference from these things. For anybody that wants to look at it on a daily basis, subscribe to it on a daily basis because it is one of the true Bibles here in the state of Georgia. How do they do it? Well, just look us up on Twitter. We post out stuff from time to time at Georgia High School Football Daily on Twitter. And uh, at the top, our posted uh, tweet there will show you how you can sign up. And it's free and uh, just shows up in your email every morning, usually before you get up. Yes, at 4.01 a.m. is when it usually <laughs> shows up in my email account. you got to get get up pretty early in the morning. No kidding. But, Todd, thanks, as always, for hanging out with us during another season of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Your insights are invaluable. You guys do tremendous work there at the Daily. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the show, and we will catch up with you down the road. And Enjoy the championships and a Merry Christmas. Uh, thank you, and, uh, yeah, look forward to the games and hearing you guys uh, broadcast them. Thanks, Todd. Sure. It's always good to catch up with Todd, and I'm, and I'm serious when I say this. I have saved every single Georgia High School Football Daily they have ever produced. I'm not kidding. I have each and every one of them. What do you do? Do you just, like, go back and pick a random date and, and say, what happened in Georgia High School Football on this date and time? Well, no, but what I do, like, you know, <laughs> for championship week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, you, they're amazing. They are, like you said, the football Bible for us. Well, and at the same time, you know, if there's ever something like if you want to look back at champi- at the championship games past, pick a year, you can go back. Say like with Warner Robins, you can go back and check the last four years of what it's been like for them to get to the last game of the year. And you can mm-hmm. look at the analysis that they've had and all the, set- all the setups and previews and things like that. So it's a good historical uh, refer- uh, reference point for me when it comes to all this kind of stuff. But yes, I've saved every single one. I don't even want to know how many that is. $110 billion. <laughs> Your favorite number. It is my favorite number <laughs> because it's a big round number and it means a lot. They've produced a lot of these episodes daily during yeah. football season and they do tremendous work. So what's your Gene Cathcart story? So 
Uh, we split up the interviews randomly for who got who. Yep. So I did eight interviews and John did eight interviews. Uh-huh. So Cathcart was my last interview of the day. Yep. And he was by far the funniest. Oh, yeah. You would not. He's hilarious. He is. He really is. So the Dragons haven't won a title since 2012 under coach Tim McFerrin. Tim McFerrin, yeah. So it was. it's his first time being there. Mm-hmm. And he was excited. He had sparkles in his eyes. <laughs> and so we were getting through the interview, and he goes, you know, I don't look like a football coach. He goes, I know I don't look like a football coach. <laughs> he goes, I look like a professor. But we're out here getting it done. And he was poking fun of himself in the whole interview. And he is just a lot funnier than what I expected. Well, yeah, and we had uh, Jefferson on Football Fridays during the regular season yeah. when he played Flowery Branch. And he wears he wears the those he wears, round spectacles. Yeah, he has the the the, the thick lensed glasses, mm-hmm. and because, and they're kind of small. Well, but the thing is, it's like <laughs> when we were out there in the game against Flowery Branch, he's wearing a mask uh-huh. and he's wearing the glasses. And when you wear glasses with a mask, the glasses fog up. Yeah. So you cannot see anything in front of you. And so he was having to do an interview with me mm-hmm. in the end zone while his glasses are fogging up, wearing a mask, talking about the game against Flowery Branch. But I also loved how he told you that they had to, to drive to the equator uh-huh. to go play Benedictine last uh-huh. week. Yep. To get those kinds of things. But, yeah, Gene Cathcart, he is he is very, very cool. One of the great uh, one of the great ambassadors of football here in the state. Uh, Alan Chadwick chasing after win number mm-hmm. 400. I think he's at 398. Yeah. You talked to him. What that, did he have to say? Well, it's, 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 for me, it's just good to catch up with him and find out how things were different from the last time that they had won a state championship back mm-hmm. in 2003. That was one of the things that's there. Uh, how much of a challenge, and this is a, a point that you and I both wanted to get into with coaches, how much yeah. of a challenge it's been for them in this environment to get to this point yeah. where you're scheduling games on the fly. I think that Marist had their game with Holy Innocence scheduled on the fly. I think it was mm-hmm. another 48 hours notice. It's like, okay, we lose an opponent. Uh, we like an opponent. And then they just hook up and Holy Innocence said, yeah, let's go ahead and play. And so they played. And so that was once again, ways for them to keep the kids playing and keep their rhythms as teams. So that was you know, a good one for me. Catching up with a guy like Ryan Herring from yep. Pierce County, who comes in a suit and tie. He was looking sharp. And, yep. and so oh, the only one in a suit. Well, but I think that, you know, it's their first time. Mm-hmm. And when you're going to interview for television, you're thinking, OK, let's interview for TV. And so Ryan came in in a suit and tie. And the other coaches are in T-shirts. Well, sweatshirts. sweatshirts, jackets, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, it was great to catch up with Pete Wiggins at Callaway, Callaway mm-hmm. chasing. They were 0-4 in semifinals until Sunday or until, yeah, Friday night. Yeah. And on Sunday when we caught up with him. But just to see how excited Pete was because he's been there, I want to say, uh, 15 years, I want to say. He's been yeah. there since like 2005, I think. Wow. But he's been there for a while. And to see the excitement on his face mm-hmm. that Callaway had finally gotten off the schneid and they'd gotten to the yeah. finals for a change, to see that excitement I thought was really cool. To, to see you interview Tucker Pruitt from Fitzgerald mm-hmm. because, you know, Fitzgerald, they've been at the last game of the year for a while chasing after that title, like Todd said. In 1948 was the last time that – uh, a team from Ben Hill County won a state championship. Um, you know, you got to catch up with Coach Vandegrift from Prince Avenue Christian, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it was cool to to see that to catch up with Kenny Dallas from Trinity Christian. We, you know, Todd mentioned the Cinderella there. Uh, Casey Soliday from Irwin County, good to catch up with him, and you got to catch up with Coach Freeman. I did. I did. Of course, I asked him about the hammer. Oh yeah. I mean, you have to. Yes, you do. He he was a great interview as always. We had him on. What was that now? 
couple weeks ago. A couple weeks on the podcast, ago. Yeah. Yep. Asked him about the hammer, and he said, "Oh, you know, we're bringing it, Hannah. <laughs> you know." <laughs> Um, another interview that stands out to me is Grace and Coach Adam Carter. Right. A lot younger than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about shutting out Norcross in the semis and drowning out all the Jake Garcia national headline noise. Yeah. His interview kind of encompasses their whole season to me because he was just very stoic, very matter of fact. He seems like a no-nonsense coach. And I really feel like that's how Grayson has played this whole season. They've re- and he he even said every time I asked him a question he goes Hannah we just talked about that as a team canceling out the noise um, how to stay grounded how not to be reading any of the stuff on the internet and it's worked and they're here so I'd love to that, know how that was one of my I'd favorite love to know how he's cut the internet connection to the school <laughs> it's like just encased everything in cement at Grayson so they can't look I at know. their phones and they can't look at their computers just to dr- drown out all the noise when you're ranked as highly as you are nationally yeah I mean you're talking about you know chasing IMG Academy nationally when it yeah. comes to the the mythical national championship and Grayson mm-hmm. has handled it very very well this year. I uh, got to catch up with Dean Fabrizio at Lee County mm-hmm. as they're, you know, going for their third state title in the last four years. And the fact that he's been able to build that program in Leesburg and they've been patient with him and they've just been building it piece by piece. And now that the philosophy is there and it's all the way from middle school and you're learning the same things in middle school that you're going to be playing in high school and you're seeing the successes in a place like Leesburg for Lee County. For me, that was great. You also got a, another legacy in Connor Foster. Yeah, I was going to say two legacies, Tucker Pruitt and Connor Foster. Um, Connor Foster was my second interview and I'm pretty sure I called him by the wrong name. <laughs> He was so nice about it. I haven't met a lot of these coaches. You also so. got mammed, I think, by Connor, didn't you? I did. I did. It was, it was, um, we, we got it on track eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so what are our plans when it comes to uh, next week? Um, this okay, weekend, next so week. Let Go me, ahead and lay it let out. Let me pull up the schedule. Okay. We have got a mammoth of a week. A mammoth of a week, yes. So it all starts on Monday after we're nice and puffy from eating ourselves to death all weekend with have, family have weekend and holidays. To have the weekend to burn all those calories <laughs> off and walk a while. So Monday, December 28th, we start at noon and 1.30 with the very first GHSA Women's Flag Football Championships on our air, and we are calling those like normal games. Mm-hmm. As we are looking at it right now, there are two separate classifications for flag football. 6A mm-hmm. and 7A, that's one classification. Okay. Single A through 5A is another classification. Right now they're in their semifinals as you and I are talking. Mm-hmm. So the semifinals uh, midweek, Hillgrove and Alatoona, West Forsyth and South Forsyth. And uh, in uh, the class uh, single A through 5A, it is Northside Columbus and Calvary Day, Greenbrier and Portal. And so okay. uh, that's the way it looks for flag football. But it'll be fun to, to see that yeah. on, on the state stage with uh, flag football coming to a GHSA as a sanctioned sport and a championship. Yeah, we're going to do a halftime show. You're going to interview the coaches. We're going to show highlights. I mean, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm well, all about the girl power. No, but it's, it's going to be cool, though. Yeah. It's, it's something that's added. And it's going to be uh, the, the early part of that Monday afternoon is going to be those two flag football finals and then we're going to have the single a championships class a private will be at 3 30 mm-hmm. monday the 28th with prince avenue christian and trinity christian and following that at seven o'clock it'll be the class a public with the region rematch of Irwin and brooks 
Then Tuesday, December 29th, we start at noon with AA, Fitzgerald and Calloway. 3.30 is Class 4A with Marist and Jefferson, and 7 Class 6A with Lee County and Buford. Which means Wednesday is 3, 5, and 7, so it's flag football and single A on Monday. Your even-numbered championships mm-hmm. are going to be on Tuesday. Your odd-numbered championships are Wednesday the 30th, noon Eastern, Oconee County and Pierce County. Your 5A will be at 3.30 with Cartersville and Warner Robins, and the last game of the week, Collins Hill and Grayson, 7 o'clock from Center Park. On Wednesday, December 30th. The only time we can guarantee is the noon time. So <laughs> if these games are running over, you know, the times can get pushed around and stuff like that. So it's it's going to be. All right. So let's see. It's noon. Be fun. So uh, 48. And then so we go. For oh, that. math. So, yeah, math pretty much. So it's going to be 10 championships in about 60 hours, wow. I think. And so it'll be fun. Yep, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be uh, a lot of work, but it's going to be fun to broadcast the uh, the season finale in a three-day miniseries yeah. on Georgia Public Broadcasting. Don't forget to download the GPB Sports app available iOS and Android. Uh, GPB, gpb.org, the GPB Sports app. It is Instagram. It is YouTube. It is gpb.org, where I think we'll be Twitter st- streaming simultaneously. Yeah. All the social media platforms, all the things that you bookmarked. It is going to be an explosion of sports on GPB. Speaking of YouTube, all of our interviews will be up with the coaches from Media Days will be up on YouTube and will be on social media starting today. How far out? We are doing all of the Class A coaches today, Mm -hmm. and I think we're working our way up starting tomorrow. Anyways, today as in Monday, so by the time this comes out, some of these Your single A and your double A interviews will be be out. So just... Check our socials yeah. at GBB Sports Keep for all that refresh. stuff. <laughs> all right, what else do you want to talk about before we go? Well, I mean, it's our last podcast before championships. Of course, we're well, going to have a recap. Are talking, yeah, yes. yeah, we're going to have a recap yeah. after. Matt will be with us yep. January fourth, and we'll put a bow on the season. But I guess what, what's your biggest takeaway from from the season we're before, here. before the championships? That we're here. Yeah. I mean, the, the work, and I, and I talked to the executive director of the GHSA, Dr. Robin Hines, about it mm-hmm. at the, the meeting with the, the coaches and the administrators and just the fact that the state stayed the course. And, and I can't give enough credit to the GHSA, yeah. the coaches, the administrators, the athletic directors, the student-athletes themselves to get to this point where we've had – we're through the semifinals, as you and I are talking, we're getting ready for the state championships – that there are states here in the U.S. that did not have high school football this year. Jake Garcia being the example coming from California because the CIF didn't do anything, so he transfers here to the state of Georgia to play high school football. The state of Georgia has been at the forefront of having high school football staying as close to schedule as humanly possible. I know that there are some states up north that wanted to do it in the springtime and flip their fall and spring sports. The GHSA stuck to it. They pushed things back a couple weeks just to kind of keep an eye on the landscape. We are where we are, and a credit Mm -hmm. goes across the board to everyone that made this season a success. Yeah, and of course there's both sides of it. You know, when we were talking about getting ready for the season, I understood if there wasn't going to be a season – for health reasons and save lives and social distancing. But for these kids, sports is everything. And for these communities and for these schools, everyone attached to a football Friday mm-hmm. night, it means so much. It means it means a lot. Um, it means meals. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of benefits of having sports go on. And so I, I see both sides of things, but I think it was the right decision. Looking back now, um, everything went 
there was, of course, COVID cases and there was yeah. quarantines and and all of that. But I think it was handled superbly. Mm-hmm. A tremendous job by everyone attached mm-hmm. to football here in the Georgia High School Association and the GISA as well. Anybody that put high school sports uh, on the board this year deserves an incredible amount of credit, as does our intrepid and irreplaceable oh, producer, Sean yes. Powers, who's been putting up with us all season long. We're going to be with you next couple weeks. Remember, championships are next week, and then we'll put a bowl on the show after the championships in 2021. Hey, happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to each and every one of you. Thanks for hanging out with us all season long. For Sean and for Hannah, I'm just John. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy the championships. We'll catch up with you on the other side.